Hey, everybody. He's Drew. He, right there. He's Drew right there. I'm Ted. Welcome to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Obviously, since <laughs> he's Drew and I'm Ted. And somewhere in the background is Ruby. She says she's working. I think she's hiding because she got her butt whooped oh. in our fantasy football contest this week. Take her at her word. We'll take her at her word. She's 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 got like real work stuff going on, but she's so graciously logged on the computer so we can record the show. Drewster, yeah, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, great, great all the way down the line. If I had a tail, I'd be wagging it. You know me. Got my little Viking beanie on tonight. Yeah. It was either the Viking, it was either Viking one or this one. So I figured you wanted me to. Go Thank ahead. you. Appreciate. I appreciate you. I do. I had an Ohio State shirt on earlier, and I thought, you know what? No, there will be a time for that very soon. Yes, there will. Yes, there will. And we're going to have like a little special edition of the of the game preview, I believe we will. We, we talked about this, we are. I'm not singing the Ohio State fight song this year like I had to a couple <laughs> years ago. Look, uh, as you can tell, we, we normally open up the show with a movie. We're not doing that tonight. We're going kind of abbreviated because we're not going to do a whole lot of news either. We'll, we'll get you caught up on Sunday, and you're thinking, but Ted... Ted, by Sunday, the game's over, and you'll be on your live post-game show with Christopher Gates. And normally, Drew, that would be true. But what are we doing this Sunday? This Sunday, we are going live, Ted. Sunday, 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 live in the Edward Jones Dome in downtown. No, no, just, That's just, on, our, just on our computer Sunday, here. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> live. That, there you go. The Vikings, we're going to have our first live watch party of this season. We had a couple last year. Remember the Pittsburgh game? The other one yeah. I don't remember because I was drunk. It was the Green Bay whooping. They took at Lambeau. Oh, okay. At Lambeau. We've yeah. been dying to do a watch party. We're just kind of waiting for the right game. So we will be live for the entire game, not just after yeah. the game this week. We'll be live for the whole game. The kickoff is at 720. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be on sometime probably probably between 645 and 7 p.m. Central Time. But we will let you know for sure on social media, on our Facebook accounts, on our X slash Twitter accounts. As always, during these live watch parties, our good friend Christopher Gates the founder and lead blogger over at the SB Nation site, Daily Norse, will be joining us. So we got kind of an abbreviated show. We got some kind of big news. We're going to talk about that. But we also want to tell you about Purple Pain Forms, which is purplepainforms.com, our internet home where you can catch our show. It's a great community. It's an old school message board, but it's got great original content. If you remember, if you saw the show a couple of weeks ago, one of the uh, original content creators over there was on to help us preview in the Falcons game, did a great job. He's got the weekly depth chart stuff. They've got their pick six game that stuff they got going on, their purple paint accountability. A lot of great threads since Josh Jobs took off like a rocket. Oh, did you Whoa. see what I did there? Ah. Yeah, check, check, yeah, check out the big, big brain on Ted. Ted, Ted, Ted. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, go over to Purple Paint Forum, sign up for an account, and start interacting with a great community of super awesome Vikings fans. Much better than the stuff that can be so tiring and exhausting over on on all the different social media platforms. Also, check us out our own little corner of the internet, VikingsReport.com. You can see links to old shows we've been on. You can see our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team segment standings. I believe Drew, you said Dan Lee has taken the lead this year for Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team? This week he has. Dan Lee yeah. snuck ahead. There's like 
a bunch of people going back and forth trying to get the lead, though. So it's going to be great these last couple months or whatever we have left of the regular season. But Dan did take the lead by picking my team, who won its first week. It was close this week between you and I. Within three points of each other. Yeah, R- Ruby was like, golly, she was, oh. we, we lapped her, man. She, she looked like. Fat Kitty. It, it's gym day. You know, I had a reason. I decided to try to run the mile. Everybody's like. So anyways, you can check out the standings there, and that is where Ruby will also post our teams. However, you only can put your comments down here. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, so we got the big watch party Sunday. We got some news we got to talk about, and we've got our big, big board preview as always. But before we get to all that, Drew, what time is it? Ted, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Start that watch party and light this candle. Yes, resume the countdown. Back to work. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Oh, boy. Oh, awesome. All right, we're off and running. Yeah, so real quick, nobody cares about your fantasy team. Last week, Drew won. I was a close second. Ruby was a distant third. To play, it's very simple. Just pick who you think is going to win the fantasy team between Drew, Ruby, and myself every week. We have to pick new players every week. We can't pick the Thursday players that are from the Thursday game. Obviously, we can't pick any players from the bye. The winning team that week gets three points. Second place team gets two points. And third place, which we'll, we'll call Ruby's new home, gets uh, one point. <laughs> one point. One point only, vicinity. So the standings are uh, Tunes' seven, you two, and me one. Seven, two, one. You finished second place other wow. than this week's win. And last week, I think you finished third. You finished second every other week. So, right. Yeah. And now really I'm going to start week. finishing first and really, really, really throw a wrench in your guys' game plan. You're probably stealing our signs, which is why you're starting to win. Oh. <laughs> oh there we go. All right. Anyway. Come on. Come on. I don't steal signs. <laughs> Anyways, as always. Ruby's going to go ahead and put up our fantasy teams for this week. Yeah. Uh, to pick your team, just make a comment down below in our comment section here on our YouTube page. We will not accept them on any social media platform, not Facebook, not Twitter, not on our Vikings report page. Comments down below. So, Ruby. Hey, Ruby. One thing, let me add one oh, thing. Oh. Yeah. We only do the the pick the number for the Defend the North and divisional games. So if it's not a division game, don't worry about it. And our Defend the North game is coming up uh, soon, I think. The next time we play an NFC North team, check your schedule for local listing. So that's your uh, Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team picks for this week. Again, make your picks in the comments down below. A little bit of news. There was some significant roster moves today. Linebacker Jordan Hicks, who's been having a great season, I think. I think he has adapted to this Brian Flores defense really well. Went out, it looked like a, a knee or a shin or an ankle injury. They called it compression syndrome, which I guess is a dangerous buildup of pressure in, in your body. And anyways, he had to be hospitalized. They had to operate on him. It was a very serious deal. He had to be hospitalized. He just got out of the hospital, I think a day or two ago, whatever it was, had to have surgery. He is now on IR. An old friend, Anthony Barr, has re-signed with the Vikings. How about that? 
yes, Anthony Barr's coming back. Got a little bit of knowledge he can pass along to Asamoa and Ivan Pace. You know, he definitely is a student of the game. I like the time when Barr was here. They had him out of position, but he always made splash plays. He always, you know, he's a little sketchy in coverage, but he's a solid linebacker. Not what he used to be, folks. He's not what he used to be, but I like the move because he's familiar. And I'm telling you right now, Flores knows how to use Barr better than Dimmer did. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Let's hope his knee is healthy and he can get some reps in. And if he is, like you said, I don't think he's the guy that the Vikings drafted in 2014. That run he had from 2014 to like 2017, 2018-ish, whenever it was, he was one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Then injuries started catching up with him and, and he just sort of went downhill. But if he is healthy, and like you said, Brian Flores knows how to utilize his skill set. I think it's a skill set that matches about as perfectly as a player can in this defensive scheme. They can line him up outside. They can line him up inside over the A-gap to shoot the middle. Uh, he's only on the practice squad now. I would assume they'll elevate him. I don't know if they'll elevate him this week for the Broncos game. That's pretty quick to get in and, and get playing. But then again, we saw Josh Dobbs do it on Wednesday and win a game on Sunday. So we'll see. But I would expect them to kind of bring him along slow. I, I would expect him to see the field for a handful of plays, maybe. I don't I don't know how you feel about that. Probably that. I'm not just going to throw him in there with the starting lineup right away, but no. like I said, he could be a teacher on the field. And some guys, you know you can tell that the players are smart, Ted, is by how much they're around the football. Barr's always been a player that's around the ball. He's got a lot of you know picks around the tackle. That's why guys, Matt Blair, Studwell, Jack Del Rio, it wasn't a fluke that they were always around the football. Whether they were tackling or not, they're there. It's yeah. because they're smart players. And he's got good football instincts, too. Totally. He totally yeah. he does. I, I like the pickup. I like the move. And I don't know how much they're going to use him, but I feel better having a little bit of depth there. A little yeah. bit of knowledgeable depth of the guy who's played. So, yeah, good move. And he's coming back. Fire up the locker room. Our old friend's back. Yeah, get his old jersey. Get your Anthony Barr jersey out of the closet. Maybe I hope you didn't give it the goodwill or repackage it and send it to Africa, you know, to give it to the starving kids or whatever. But, hey, Anthony Barr's back in purple. That's That's good to see you. So we've got some other injury news, but that was the big stuff. We're going to talk about Osborne and J.J. and all that stuff when we get to the player preview, but we're going to have to do that after Robert W. Farnsworth does his little spiel. He's, he's already out in Denver, and I think he is ready to go. A drunkard's dream, if I ever have seen one. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth. This week, a resurgent five-game winning streak Minnesota Vikings board the Atlantic Cripple Creek Express to head to Denver, the mountains, to face Kiera's husband, Russell Wilson, the penis in human form Sean Payton, and the dastardly evil Denver Broncos. Can the Minnesota Vikings escape the mountains with a win, or will their mountains turn blue? We'll find out. So we got two hot football teams, Minnesota Vikings, six and four winners of five in a row. Denver, who is four and five, but they've won three in a row after a one and five start. And man, brother, last year, Russell Wilson looked like he should have retired. They started off horribly. Miami hung 70 on them early in the season, and they just looked a complete mess. 726 yards Miami had that day. 726, 350 on the ground. I hope we can get close to that this week. 
Yeah. This is in Denver, right? It's in Denver. It's on Sunday night. And their three wins have been fairly legit. Well, I mean, Green Bay, whatever. But their last two wins, Kansas City at home, and then Buffalo on that just wild Monday night game. I don't know that Denver won that as much as Buffalo lost that. But still, they got out of upstate New York with a win, and you can't discount that at all. They won. Buffalo is part of the summary for me today. If the Vikings did what Buffalo did, that's really the only way I see them dropping this game is if they give it away. Yeah. But it can be done. Buffalo proved it. Buffalo's a better team. They win nine out of the ten times they play. But that's going to be the key to the game to me when we get further into the preview today. But uh, we're pretty good on the road this year, right? Yeah, Road Warriors are 4-1 and one this year, man. Wow. 4-1 on the road this year. So Ruby's going to go ahead and put uh, our big board up. As you can see, our categories start at quarterback. Whatever. Our categories start at quarterback and go all the way down to what, Drew? Intangibles. Intangibles. What are those again? You know, son, it's stuff you can't see. Don't worry about it. Just watch the game. Watch the show. All right. Quarterback. Josh Dobbs versus Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is, is kind of, he's having sort of a resurgence. Last year, he looked done. Everybody's making fun of him on social media. The, the Broncos were terrible. They started off terrible this year. But Russell Wilson quietly is putting together a solid season completing almost 70% of his passes. He's not throwing the ball very far downfield like he did, you know, back in the day when he was with Seattle. It's it's more of a catch and let his receivers get some yards after catch. But better than I thought he was going to be. I thought at the end of last season he was done and with a big contract and a huge trade that Denver made and GM George Payton, former assistant GM for the Vikings. I, I thought he had crippled that franchise for, for years with that trade. But it looks like it might be turning around a little bit just in time for the Vikings to head into mile high or whatever it is they call that stadium now in Denver. That said, man, it's hard to pick against Josh Dobbs. I'm not. I'm picking Josh Dobbs. The guy is on a roll. This offense just seems to have a different feel to it, a more diverse offense. Really not sure. Are they going to run? Are they going to pass? They're getting yards and chunks. They've they scored, what, 28 points last week, 31 points the week before. First time they'd gone over 30 points all season. I'm going to go with Josh Dobbs. Maybe it's a homer pick, but I'm picking up what Josh Dobbs is throwing down. Brother. I, too, am giving Dobbs the check mark, Ted, but I'd like to talk about Russell Wilson a little bit. There's probably no other quarterback we've seen more play games than Russell Wilson in the last 10 years. Yeah, probably. I mean, even if Seattle, he's always on prime time. I'm sure Flores has coached against him quite a few times, but... He has no 300-yard games. He's not, like you said, he's not big on yardage. He's going to get between 150 and 200, and he'll probably run for 20 or 40, 30 yards. 18 TDs, only four picks. And in his last six games, he's only had two interceptions that both came in the same game at Arrowhead versus the Chiefs. You know what you get with Russell Wilson, and he is playing better. He's not as quick, athletic, and fast as he was when, you know 10 years ago. But I'll tell you about Russell Wilson. He's one of the smarter quarterbacks in the league. And you got to look for this play on Sunday. The Buffalo game, he did it like seven times. Russell Wilson doesn't like to go out in the edges from the pocket. He likes to go up the middle. If you watch some of those replays, he'll go back in the pocket and he'll have this jab step to get around the, you know, whoever defensive tackle is rushing the middle. And then he'll run up the middle for usually 10, eight yards, and then he'll slide. Russell Wilson likes to scramble up the middle because that way he can keep his eyes open. He has both sides of the field to run on or to pass on because he's a guy that can pass on the run too. But he likes that sidestep up the middle rush. He'll do it Sunday. I don't know how many times he'll do it. Probably enough to piss me off. You got to be ready for that. But he's a smart quarterback, Ted. He knows when to throw it away. Keeps everything pretty short in the zone. He's not scared to throw it away either. He's not going to give you a lot of picks. 
I actually think if you keep him in the pocket, he's a worse quarterback. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I don't think his arm is what – I mean, it's still good. He's still got a good arm, but I don't think it's what it was. When he's in the pocket, he's usually inaccurate and too high on his passes. So that's what to be said about Russell Wilson, but he is a smart quarterback, and he certainly can – you can't let him get on a roll. But I'm giving Dobbs the Vikings helmet, the check mark here, until he proves me wrong. Yeah. The only thing that concerns me, and you talked about it when the Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs, which might be the steal of the year so far in the NFL in terms of trades, but we should probably fire Quasi Otofalaza oh, anyway. Fire him. You mentioned his turnovers, and, and that first game when he came in, Atlanta, he had those two early turnovers, but since then, three quarters of Atlanta and the whole game against uh, the Saints, he, he's not turned the ball over. So if he can keep that going, I like Dobbs even more, but I think Wilson has the advantage. You said he's the, he's the vet. He'll probably take care of the ball a little bit better. If Dobbs avoids turnovers, it, it's going to be a good night for the Vikings, I believe. Run game. How do you see the run game panning out, brother? Well, they don't have any run defense. I see it panning out pretty good on our side. First off, I want to start out with my big note at the top. I think Chandler should start this week. This should be his first start. Let him get the majority of the carries. If you do, he'll get you 100 yards. I think so, too. So Alexander Madison is in concussion protocol. We never wish injuries upon anybody, especially uh, our, our very own Minnesota Vikings players. But if the Vikings are true to form like they were with K.J. Osborne last week, K.J. Osborne cleared concussion protocol, but they still decided to sit him out. And, man, as much as we've learned about concussions the last 20, 25 years, it was absolutely the right move. I, I think it would be smart for the Vikings to sit Madison so you know you don't run that risk of, of getting hurt again and now that – becomes a potential career-threatening thing. That said, that is a golden opportunity for Ty Chandler. There was that touchdown he had that was called back because of the holding penalty last week. It was a run to the right, and when he got to the second level, he hit a gear that I just don't believe Alexander Madison has. There were two Saints players that were closing in, and he just outran them, and I, I don't know that Alexander Madison has that gear. I understand why Madison has been playing because he's better in pass protection, but you now have C.J. Ham, who I don't think has got a, a carry or a, a catch all year yet, but very good at, in pass protection. So I, I think what you lose in pass protection with Madison, you gain in C.J. Ham, and that puts Chandler on the field. And I, I think with the Broncos being dead last in the NFL at giving up 158 yards a game uh, on defense, Ty Chandler's prime for a big night. Everything points to him starting, and I actually think it's a bad coaching move if you don't. Yeah. Give Chandler a start, but give him 20 carries and see what yeah. he can do. With Chandler, you also have to take the ability that Josh Dobbs has to escape the pocket and, and get a bunch of yards running the ball himself. So I'm, I'm definitely giving this to the uh, to the Vikings. But the Broncos running game isn't bad. I mean, it's, what, 12th in the NFL. They, they're averaging 112 yards a game. They got Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, Samaj Perrine, and then you know Russell Wilson can run the ball as well. So that's not something you can overlook if you're the Minnesota Vikings defense. When you look at the Broncos' run defense, and even Buffalo had that Monday night game I, I watched a fair amount of. Yeah, they, they had some bad turnovers, but when they ran the ball, they, they were doing very well. Buffalo had 192 yards on the ground. Yeah. That is a lot. I'm giving the check to the Vikings running game like you, but purely based on the Denver's sad running defense. What do you think about the receiving game? I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and take this one first since you started by the running backs. I think... With K.J. Osborne clearing concussion protocol last week, he'll probably be cleared to play this week, which is good. Still looking on, on whether or not Justin Jefferson is back. He's entered his 21-day window to practice after coming off IR. 
with the extra time for a Sunday night game, I think they'll have more time to evaluate it. It would not surprise me to see him play, but if he is less than 100% with that hamstring, don't play him. I mean, they're, they're what, 4-0 without him? So obviously trade him too. Isn't it 5-0? and five, Yeah, 5-0 and maybe. Yeah, whatever they are. So obviously don't need him, trade him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just get rid of him. Fire Questy, trade, trade uh, yeah, Justin yeah. Jefferson. Move the team to San Antonio. <laughs> I still like Brandon Paul. Jalen Naylor made a nice catch last week. Naylor? I don't even know her. <laughs> you know, I'm really excited to see Ty Chandler, if he does start and gets as many touches and, and involved in the game plan as we think he will. I think he could get some serious yardage taking some short swing passes from Josh Dobbs. I'm taking the Vikings here, but the Broncos, they're not slouches. Cortland Sutton's a very good receiver. Jerry Judy's a good, very good receiver. Samaj Perrine is, is their third-leading receiver running back. He's probably their third option as a runner, but he is a very good pass catcher. So very good skill, guys. I mean, their tight end really isn't much to write home about Adam Troutman compared to TJ Hawkinson. But I like the Vikings' offense and how they're clicking right now. It's just hard to pick against them. Vikings get the check mark on the receiver end, and I'm going to tell you why, Ted. And this might be the game that you spell Chandler with uh, Wang Chung and let him get some screen passes. Sure. And Wang Wu, get him out on the outside. Corton Sutton's a great wide receiver. Circus catches. He's very solid, very solid receiver. But if you look at Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy's average per catch, Sutton is 10 yards a catch. And Judy is 12 yards a catch. Both those numbers are very low at today's passing standard. And that's where the Vikings, not to go back to talk about the running game, if the Vikings don't let Denver run the football, they're going to roll the Broncos bad. The only way the Broncos stay in this game is if they can get six, eight yards running the ball per shot. Because if they can't run it, they're certainly they're not going to beat you with the pass. They're certainly not going to beat you deep. Right. I mean, Sutton still has seven catches over 20 yards. But he averages 10 yards a catch. That is low. There's running backs that have 10 yards a catch. Flores will have the high pressure. You just got to make sure Wilson doesn't slip through that center. I'm telling you, that run up the middle. Vikings get the receiving edge. You can't say anything about JJ's not in there because they've been pulling their weight all the way through. What are your thoughts on the offensive line comparison between the two teams? They all have uh, big guys playing on the offensive line. They're all fat. (laughs) Both of them have a top 10 O-line, that Quinn uh, Miners guy. Quinn Miners, that's that's your that's your boy. Dude, he's big, he's sweaty, he's mean. Wisconsin-Whitewater, I believe it was, right? Division three. Damn, Ted, you got I, it. You couldn't stop talking about him, so I had to I had to go look him up. I was like, man, I'm a Quinn Miners guy. I'm a big I Quinn Miners fan. I wish he was a Viking. Fan. He's a great player. This is kind of weird. Both offensive lines have a, we have a, the Cushionberry and a Quisenberry. So there's yeah. a lot of berry out there. Denver has allowed 30 sacks. They had a seven-sack game against them, a six-sack game, and three four-sack games. So the Vikings are going to make their hay getting to the quarterback and giving that pressure to Russell Wilson and probably getting him to throw it out the sideline or throw a pick. Both have excellent run-blocking offenses. They do. They both can run-block very well. But I give the check mark to the Vikings for being a little bit better in pass protection, I do believe. I don't know how the loud crowd in Denver. I, I think that Denver crowd isn't what it was with Rick Upchurch and all those guys. Yeah, that, that new stadium isn't the old Mile High Stadium. I mean, it, it's still loud, don't get me wrong. When the team isn't very good, like most crowds, it's just not singling out the Denver fans, but, you know, they don't get really loud. I mean, Well, we're really going to see which O-line stands out because they're all healthy, I believe. Yeah. I believe both O-lines, I think they're all starting starters on there. So we're going to see when, you know, the rubber hits the road, Ted. I think the Vikings, the Vikings are getting my check mark by a little. 
Yeah, you covered it all. I agree with you on, on all points. The, the Vikings pass rush is really coming on in recent weeks against, I think, maybe even better lines than what they're facing in Denver, although Denver's line is a very good one. I think Russell Wilson is in for a very hurried night. I don't think he's going to have a lot of time to set up and throw. Now, if Denver counters and does a lot of quick two- and three-step drops and throws and you know gets the dink and dunk stuff going like they did against Buffalo. That's what they do. Yeah, we'll 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 see if the Vikings can counter that. But if if they can get to Russell Wilson and they can shut down that that short dink and dunk stuff, it's going to be a long night for the Broncos. Front seven. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the Jordan Hicks injury. That is going to mean more uh, more snaps, I would assume, from Brian Azamoa and Ivan Pace Jr. The Vikings front seven, man. I you know they've got their starters listed, but I don't know that other than maybe Hunter Hicks Billups. They have the same seven guys on the field on every play. And and I don't think they line up maybe other than Phillips in the same spot on consecutive plays. I mean, the Vikings defense is confusing as hell just to watch. I can't even imagine trying to trying to game plan against it because Brian Flores is doing a, an incredible job of disguising what he's going to do, who he's going to bring and when and where who he's going to line up guys, where they're going to line up at. God, it's like a master class in, in defensive football right now. It really is. You know, you look at the, the Broncos front seven, and they've got a lot of good names. Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, Alex Singleton. But they're not playing well as, as a team, and they haven't played well for a couple of years. That really awesome defense in, I think it was Peyton Manning's last year when they won a Super Bowl that the defense carried them the whole season, very Baltimore Ravens-like, is gone. That defense is gone, and, and they are a shell of their former self, I think. i definitely given this front seven edge to the to the Vikings here. They also have the outlaw Josie Jewell, so you got to watch out for him, Ted. Yeah. Everything you said was spot on. I'll just throw this tidbit out. Having Hicks out certainly hurts. His 87 tackles leads the team. Hopefully we can make up for that for whatever package we'll be subbing in. Flores and Vance Joseph are two really good disguising defensive coordinators. I'm really looking forward to this game. You notice Broncos were standing guys up at the line similar to the Vikings against the Bills, and it was throwing Josh Allen off. I don't think to a player they have the talent of the defense the Vikings have, but they have a coach, Vance Joseph, that can disguise things very well. I'll throw this tidbit out there, and this will do it. Hunter and Wanham have 16 sacks between them. Denver has 17. Jeez, man. The whole team. That's going to be a big difference in this game. Again, again, if we can shut that Denver running game down and they have to flop it back to passing, that's always going to be in our favor. Vikes have 27 sacks on the season. And I'm still, without Hicks, I'm still giving the front seven to the Vikings. Yeah, I think so, too. DJ Wanham's a guy I probably should have mentioned when I was talking about him because he is just having one heck of a year. I mean, he's really emerging. Daniil Hunter's still leading the NFL in sacks. Jordan Hicks was playing so well. Ivan Pace Jr., I think, is is in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think the last three games in a row, two for sure, there have been uh, the, the opponent has run a screen pass, and they, when, when the receiver catches the ball, there have been two blockers in front of the receiver, and Pace somehow gets through both of them and makes the tackle. It's it's incredible. I'm excited to see this Vikings defense play when it which, when it's just been like chewing glass the last – <laughs> Two or three years. I mean, geez, man, it's been terrible. It's so nice to see an aggressive, chaotic defense that confuses opposing quarterbacks, and I expect it to continue. Secondary, what do you got for the secondary? 
what do you do about the pass yards of the defense of the Broncos? They give it up. They give it up, Ted. 24? What are yeah. They, 24? I mean, they give up a lot of pass yards and rush yards. So, I, I don't know. They have the number one corner in this game with Sertan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to throw over by Sertan's area. And I believe they're getting Kareem Jackson. He's coming back this week. So, I kind of get the slight nod to Denver on the secondary. Because I'm not sure if a Caleb Evans is going to go. Sertan's one of the, I don't know if he might be the best corner in the league. He's really good, yeah. This is about as close to a push between the units as, as there is. I'm going to agree with you that Patrick Sertan is the best defensive back player in this game. However, when you look over at the Vikings and you've got, you know, you talked about a Caleb Evans being hurt, but how about Makai Blackman with his first interception last week? I mean, he, he's coming on. Byron Murphy has had kind of an up-and-down year, but he had a big interception last week when Jameis Winston decided to go full Jameis. And against the Falcons, he had a pick. Andrew Booth is seeing the field more, and he's playing well. And then, you know, Harrison Smith and, and Cam Bynum are just having great years. But I, I still want to talk about Josh Patellis because that dude, that cat, Jaws, is having a season. He's like having a Jordan Hicks-type season. And it's because Brian Flores knows how to use him. He's a safety, but he lines him up like where he would normally line up as a linebacker. He's a, one of your Michigan boys. Yeah, hands, okay. Full full faith and credit to that. He's good in coverage. He's good when he's rushing the passer. He's just a great football player. And it, it kind of bugs me knowing, because coming into this season, we thought the Vikings defense, other than Daniil Hunter, was pretty much devoid of talent. We are now finding out that's not true. It was the coaching last year that was devoid of creativity and an ability to use players. And we are seeing them fully blossom under this scheme and this coach. And I am here for it, man. I'm picking the Vikings secondary. Red zone. I'm actually giving this to Denver. They have better red zone numbers on both offense and defense than the Vikings do. I thought the Vikings got a little bit better in the red zone last week. But they have got to get even more better good this week. I mean, they they cannot afford to settle for field goals or put it on the foot of Greg Joseph because he sucks. He's one of the literally one of the worst kickers statistically in the NFL. When you have a defense that it really isn't that great and Denver's defense isn't that great and you've got kind of a dual threat guy in Josh Dobbs, speedy running back in in Ty Chandler, you've got the great red zone threat in TJ Hawkinson, you need to put the ball in the end zone especially on the road. But I'm still giving the 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 check mark here to Denver. I am also giving it to the Broncos, Ted. Russell Wilson is very crafty down there about the eight-yard line and in. Very sneaky. But the main reason I am giving the special teams is because the the Broncos have the best kick returner and punt returner in the league. Marvin Mims, 33-yard average kickoff return, number one in the NFL. Marvin Mims, 20-yard punt return average, number one in the NFL. And this is one of the intangibles. I'll say it now, even though we're not too intangibles where the Vikings can blow this game is letting Mims beat them, penalties beat them, turnovers beat them, or some kind of fluke mistakes beat them. Mims is definitely that guy, and you got to throw him in there. He has to get the kickoffs out of the end zone, and Wright has to get hang time on the punts. I'm not so much worried about the yardage as I am getting the hang time so the defenders can get around and enforce the fair catch. I'll give up 15 yards on my punt to not have Mims run it back. And Denver's kicker is Will Lutz, who I believe last year was the Saints kicker that double-doinked it off the crossbar in, in England, wasn't he? Oh, I think you're right, Ted. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Will Lutz, 
missed what would have been the game-winning field goal against Buffalo, but then Buffalo was called for too many men on the field. Unbelievable! That was just a wild ending, man. I thought Ward was in there for the Bills. <laughs> Jay Ward, yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Who's their punter, Riley Dixon? Riley Dixon. Not to be confused with the great Donna Dixon. Or Mason Dixon. Or the, the Mason line, Dixon line. The big line, yeah. Coaching. You know, now there's buzz in the in the NFL about Kevin O'Connell getting in the coach of the year conversation. I think it's a worthy conversation to have after what he's been able to, to do with getting Josh Jobs integrated in the offense as rapidly as he has. I, I still like Matt Dan's. We've we've gone on and on about Brian Flores. Sean Payton's a good coach, but he's a dick. I hate him. I can't stand him. He's he's a good coach, but I, I can't stand the dude. I just I can't stand him. So I'm being overtly biased in this case. Is Sean Payton probably a better an X's and O's head coach than Kevin O'Connell at this point in their careers? Yeah, probably. I don't care. Sean Payton's a penis in human form. He is. Joe Lombardi, you talked about Vance Joseph, very good defense coordinator. I, I don't care. Uh, their head coach is a dick. I'm picking the Vikings. There's your analysis. He's a dick. I don't like him. Picking the Vikings. <laughs> no, he is. Never going to give him the check mark. No. He's a cheating bastard, just like your coach at Michigan. He's a guy you see at the party and go, oh, that dickhead's here. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of parties, Peyton's the guy. Peyton's the guy at the party, and he, he gets like two or three beers in him. He has one. He has two beers. He gets a little mouthy, and then he gets like three or four beers in him, and he starts saying shit to your girl. And like you're not doing it. You're minding your own business. He's like you want to do something about it. Then you just got to take him out in the front in the in the cul-de-sac <laughs> and kick his ass in front of everybody. That's who Sean Payton is. And then finally, intangibles. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go? I got an intangible for you. Go. You know who's going to be laying people out? Mr. Dalton Reisner. He's looking forward to this ball game. Dalton Reisner revenge game, yeah. And we always look at the weather. 60 degrees, great football weather for this Sunday. No rain, no nothing. So mm -hmm. that, that's looking good. But I'm going to give it to Dalton Reisner is a good one. I can't really think of any intangibles that'll really rock this game in, in one way or the other. I don't think of it. Do you have any? I do. Yeah, the altitude. Teams that go to Denver once in a blue moon like the Vikings do usually struggle with the altitude. It's literally a mile high, over 5,000 feet in elevation, and I can see the Vikings getting winded, maybe dealing with cramps in the fourth quarter. That said, the Vikings have been road warriors this year. They're 4-1 on the road, I think we said. Right. The vibes are immaculate with this team right now. E even when they were struggling on Sunday in the second half against the Saints, they're playing with a swagger and confidence that really makes me think back to 2017 when they went on that run with Case Keenum after Sam Bradford got hurt. Kind of a similar feel this year. The defense is really coming around. If the Vikings play like they're capable of, I believe that the Saints team they played last week is better than the Broncos team they're playing this week. And they started off fast and furious against the Saints. If they can do that again and this time keep their foot on the gas and don't really let the Broncos get into the game, it's going to be over early and the altitude won't matter. Those are my intangibles for the game. Give me a summary, Ted. All righty. Let me slide back to the middle here. The one thing for me is which Broncos team are the Vikings going to face? Is it going to be the, the team that started one and five and was just looked absolutely terrible? or the team that's won three in a row, including wins against Kansas City and Buffalo. Those are two impressive wins, no matter how you slice it. They played a lot like the team that was one and five on Monday night against Buffalo. They didn't, And they didn't play great their win against Kansas City, but they did enough to win. 
I would argue that Kansas City and Buffalo did a lot to beat themselves, especially the Bills. I think they had four turnovers on that Monday night game, and, and the Broncos were able to take advantage of it. I really like the matchups on both sides of the ball for the Vikings. They, they really feel like the better team. I would hope they would start fast and just kind of put the game out of reach early, or if the Broncos start hot, they just kind of they just absorb that that early rush that teams kind of get sometimes, and then and then settle down and play football like they're capable of and and, and take control of the game. Like the first period in a hockey game on the road, you want to yeah. that first ten minutes is is vital. It sure is, yeah. So you know you, you talk about play calling and and pace and tempo and complementary football. The Vikings are fully capable of doing that, and and they're getting closer to that. That not perfect game, but really good game. They had a good game last week. Great, almost perfect first half, a good enough second half. I, I would like to see maybe even a good first half and a good second half versus a great, not so great, and just right. kind of overwhelm the Broncos. That would be my my hope for Sunday night. Very well said, Ted. Pull up a chair. I'm going to tell you why this game, what's, what's going to happen. All right, do I need? They got, oh, yeah, right. You can write it all down if you want. The Vikings got this game if they don't screw it up. The Broncos beat the Chiefs by the Chiefs turning it over five times. Mahomes wasn't good that day. The Bills turned it over four times. The Chiefs and Bills, that's nine turnovers in two games. That's how they won those games. Not to discredit that the Broncos aren't any good, but you can't face a team that's last in rushing yards allowed per game, last in total yards allowed per game. You can't lose to a team like that. You can't. And the only way the Vikings lose is turnovers, Marvin Mims on special teams, if you let him get loose and give him a cheap touchdown, I'm telling you, you got to control Mims with hang time punts and kick it at the end zone. Penalties and turnovers and miscues like the Bills had on the last field goal. That's how the Broncos have won these three games in a row. They even had a turnover against uh, the Packers. Uh, They're not going to score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points. This is going to be a game that kind of reflects back to our first month of the season. We were giving those games away. The Vikings have grown since then. They haven't had a game like that in a while. So hopefully they learn from all that. The only way they lose it is if they implode, Ted. Yep. Honestly, when you look at the numbers, we match up really well with Denver. We match up better with Denver than we do the Saints, if you ask yep. me. I agree. I think so, too. I think that's very accurate, yes. And also, control that run game. If they control the run game of Denver, it's going to be a long day for the Broncos. That's their only way of staying in the game is cheating some yards for Russell Wilson. Could we get him in third and 12? Not going to be able to get it done. Not going to be able to get it done. But the Vikings have more talent. The Vikings can be able to score some points. As long as they don't start crapping the game away, Ted, you can mark it up as a win. All right, so that'll do it for our preview for this week. Because yeah. we're kind of going turbo, we're not going to do trivia, but Ruby's got a uh, a nice little uh, – Happy ending to finish the show off. (laughs) So hit it, Ruby. Liquidate Ohio State and turn the Buckeyes blue. They read a lot of cattle ink, a lot of missing looks, just like a zoo. Ha ha ha. Brutus is a hairless nut. Their girls look like Java the Hutt. I hate Ohio State. It's a no nothing party school.
They say the girls who go to OSU are husband hunting games. They take the jocks who got the killer instinct, not the boys with brains. Ha ha ha! Like Columbus, you're way ahead with straight A's in physical ed. Down with Ohio State, it's a no-nothing party school. The leaves turn. The temperature drops. It's football season in Michigan. And it all happens here at the Big House, a stadium designed to hold more than just students, but every other jackass left in this great state. There are the Walmart Wolverines, named not only for where their gear was bought, but because you know damn well these guys didn't even graduate high school. But they are fans bursting with pride, willing to look like idiots for their team, because they know deep down they are true U of M people, which is like saying deep down they are Japanese or Jewish. And they come in all ages, in all races, by foot or by little rascal. They come to feel a brotherhood, both the Walmart Wolverine and the arrogant asshole who once went to U of M back in the 80s. They come, they cheer, and they act like idiots. And when these are the men who populate this great campus, well, you realize why all the women here are lesbians. U of M football. Lesbians. Pure Michigan. All right. That is episode 114, Drewster. 114. 114. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe it. 114. You do a great job with this show, Ted. You do a great job getting ready and doing the doing the tasty tidbits and all the stats and the, the preview stuff. You make me smarter every week. Folks, thank you so much for joining us uh, uh, along this goofy journey that Drew and I like like to do every week. It's a lot of fun for us. It's a lot of fun. That I, we think it's great that you join us. And don't forget, Sunday night we got a live watch party. We'll be on the air sometime between six forty-five and seven. We'll let yeah. everybody know through the official the official time through our social media accounts later on uh, uh, later on this week if it's not already out. I will try to do better the next time and try to match. The skill set of one Mr. Drew Bunning. But for right now, buddy, take us home. Our Vikings have won five straight. People were six and four. They're turning into the team that gives us the excitement to carry on for the rest of the season. Hopefully it'll be six in a row. Imagine that, Ted. Six in a row after the one and four start. Please join us for the watch party. Please like and subscribe. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. <laughs> What party?